You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about building trust with our supervisees. This week, we read Building Trust with Reluctant Clients, published in Counseling Today 2022. And Heather, the first step or the first point that our article made was the importance of validating. Right. I think that when you are first starting a relationship, especially a supervision relationship that more than likely could last three years to five Mm -hmm. years, it could Mm -hmm. last a long time. Just the beginning steps is validate. Here we are. We're in this place. I talk to a lot of my supervisees about being kind of a guide. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like the leader and give you all the rules and examples all the time. But like I'm here to kind of facilitate some things that happen in therapy. When we talk in supervision, you're going to tell me something that happened to you in that moment and we're going to discuss it. So validating what comes up for them, what happens at the role of a therapist. Mm hmm. What you said made me think just a week or two ago, a student emailed me, and this is a student that I haven't had in a little bit, but a short amount of time, emailed and said, I am really second guessing this decision to become a counselor. Is this normal? Ah, yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. You're okay. Right. But I think that, I mean, about all different kinds of things, their decision in a session, right? their decision to be a counselor, there could be all kinds of things that we might be validating. And sure, I think that in the beginning, you do a whole lot of this. At the very beginning with a supervisee that I haven't had, maybe I think probably in about three years, she was working in a clinic-based situation where they did a lot of just like stacking your schedule where you like saw a client like maybe had five minutes for a note saw another Mm. client just kind of like that back to back to back and one of the very first things we talked about in supervision was like time management she kept saying well i can't do this i can't do and i'm not i'm not prepped and i'm spending three hours a night trying to prep for the next day i was like wow why why are you doing that to yourself yuck because that's not that's not and and it was validating like no your frustration is normal sure that's not how it really is like i would feel that way too if i thought i needed to spend three hours every evening prepping prep for the day that's coming up Mm -hmm. that's not so a lot of it's figuring out like where they're at and some of the skills that you are learning as a new therapist those are just learning curves those are you know you're kind of just validating that like yes that is that's the tricky stuff they don't teach you in school right or that's hard to teach in school right not that they missed it right you just can't teach all that stuff right. in school What about, I feel like with some supervisees, I definitely get to a point where I'm pretty sick and tired of validating. (laughs) Yeah, because you want them to grow at some Mm -hmm. point. They shouldn't need you to validate every little thing that happens. I mean, I feel like if I spend every hour, every week in supervision, helping them to feel better about something, that doesn't feel useful. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it feels to me like they're not growing. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if they were, if they were learning and getting better each week, they would be able to do some of that for themselves. Right. And it does come back to trust. They also Mm -hmm. need to trust themselves. Trust themselves. And that validation. So we're (laughs) building trust in the supervision process and in us as supervisors, but also helping them to learn to trust themselves. Right. 
The next point that we pulled from our article is the importance of creating an environment of acceptance without judgment. Right. I think that can be a little, like you said, you can get tired of validating something and then you're like, why are we still talking about this? (laughs) What's really happening? So you could get you could get there pretty quick Uh as far as feeling judgment. But finding that acceptance of like we all go through this path, we all have the some of the mistakes or some of the growing pains that happen for a therapist are pretty common. Like yes. overbooking yourself, yeah. being, you know, disclosing too much information about yourself. There, there's things that like you learn along the way as a new therapist that, sure, you know. So you feel like you could think to yourself, oh, rookie mistake. Right. That's okay. Right. That's all right. That happens. Yep. You live and learn. You right. figure that out as you go. Right. And again, it's part of that back to the validation, like trusting your gut, right? Mm-hmm. You learn to trust your own gut so that you don't have to get that validation all the time because you are yep. very accepted. So I like that you're saying... You're creating an environment of acceptance by hedging your own expectations. Right. That you're saying, okay, well, of course they don't know that yet because they just got out of school or they just started this new job. Mm -hmm. So they need to have some space for a learning curve. Right. But it's going to take a little while. And so you have that feeling. And so you're hoping that you're communicating that to them through what you're saying or what you're doing. Right. And I think it's also part of the when you give them that acceptance and those, it's also a dance with like the boundaries that you would have. The dance with like going back to the validation. Like if I've got someone that are constantly texting me or constantly emailing me that they need this reassurance all the time. Well, again, that's back to the boundaries. And when you find that acceptance, it's like, oh, that's not really a a bother anymore. That Mm -hmm. doesn't really happen anymore because you're accepting that this is Mm -hmm. where they're at and this is appropriate. Okay, so that also sounds like you helping yourself with your expectations. So it, when there are more text messages, when there are right. more emails, that you're, you've are you already kind of prepared yourself and thought, well, yes, of course, I'm going to have more of that right now. Right. They're new. You've prepared yourself to be right. patient for a while. Right. When I think of this, I, I think about all the ways that we give feedback. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was writing my dissertation, yeah, I would hand in a rough draft or a draft to my advisor and he would hand it back and there would be more red letters than there were black. Yeah. Okay. And it would just make me like, I'd ha- I'd open the email and have to go, oh, okay, I got to look, I'm going to have to read that later. Right. Uh, when I feel good and ready, I'll, I'll, I'll look at that more right. closely. And probably halfway through the process, he said like, okay, how's it going? What can I help you with? What do we need to work on? Is there anything I can do? And I said, yes, please quit using red. Any other color, green, blue, right. I don't care. But red <laughs> just beca- has become like right. the worst way to get feedback. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that, you know, if I'm, think- if I'm listening to a, a new-ish supervisee and they're telling me about something that's happened, and in my head I'm thinking, yeah. wrong, <laughs> I mean, changing at least the way that that comes out and gets right. communicated and working on me having maybe a more compassionate response, right? I mean, a patient response. It is always challenging when you have supervisees at different points, right? Yes. Like having a brand new green one versus having someone that's hours are almost complete. It, mm-hmm. it is very different, like what mm-hmm. your expectation would be, but also what that relationship looks like, like yeah. what the day-to-day looks like. Um, I like when it may be in, a gr- in group supervision or a triad, I have a supervisee that's pretty new and someone who's more seasoned or, mm-hmm. or much farther along with their hours. And as I'm responding to the newer supervisee 
my supervisee that I've been with for a while is looking at me like, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I know right. what you're... I've already done I, this yeah. yeah. And so they also get to see and appreciate a different facet of that, that right. they're seeing, oh, I see how Sarah did not squash them mm -hmm. because they, right. whatever, you know, didn't make an abuse report right. or... Right didn't get the confidentiality paperwork signed before they, you know, Sarah went, mm, okay, so what would you do different next time? Mm -hmm. Or how could you make that better the next time right. you do it? That they're noting and realizing, oh, okay. So I think it, it, for them, which is the purpose of triadic supervision, mm -hmm. is that they're getting to see from a different perspective how to give feedback or how to like mitigate right. the feedback. Right. I think it's also great when my supervisee that's been with me longer can also add something. Yeah. something. And like, I love that because it gives, it shows me that they're building that confidence mm -hmm. that they're like, oh, yes, I worked in a job where I had to make CPS reports. It was part of my job. And then they can help, you know, oh, and did you know this trick? Or they can say something else that reminds me of like, so we did that, mm -hmm. we, you know. Mm -hmm. The last point in the article this week was check yourself. And you and I talked a little bit about this point, and we thought this could have more than one meaning, mm -hmm. me meaning right. maybe. I think check yourself could mean, like we just talked about, the way that you're giving feedback or the way or being, you know, creating that environment of acceptance and not judgment. Mm -hmm. So you might have to check yourself and think, no, I'm not going to say, right, <laughs> red flag. <laughs> You're out of here. But instead, you slow down and think, okay, how do I deliver feedback in a way that's patient? Mm -hmm. and that has a process behind it. Or that, mm -hmm. I mean, I remind myself often, just wait, just wait, give mm -hmm. it space. You don't have to give them the answer right yeah. here in the moment. I think the finesse is giving feedback and being able to validate at the same time. Yes, yes. I think that's very important, especially for the fresh out of school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one way that you might check yourself is being careful with the way that you're giving feedback or the environment that you're creating. What's another way that you might check yourself in the way that you're building trust or validating? Um, I always find it a little like put yourself in check a little bit when you've got a supervisee that maybe is working for somewhere else, whether mm -hmm. it's at a school or at a clinic or whatever, mm -hmm. that you aren't the only you might be their clinical supervisor, but they have to answer to management. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what we in the therapy world would say as a step is not right. the same. And so sometimes it's about taking that breath and saying, okay, I'm not the only person that right. supervisee answers yes. to. They also have to answer. That's important because I do, I'm not all of them, but some of them feel very caught in the middle. Mm -hmm. We're not in charge everywhere. Right. And we also know that our the settings that we work in, as well as every other counseling setting has things that they can improve on. Oh, so there's not an agency right. out there that doesn't have something that they could get better at right. or improve on. So each one of our supervisees is going to be in a situation right. like that where it might not be ideal or right. perfect or done with the best ethical standards or professionalism every time, but we're working towards that. Right. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. I think this could also mean not just your the, the way you give feedback, but if creating or building trust is a process, then we could check ourselves and, and ask, have we gotten to a place that reasonably our supervisees feel like they can trust us? Right. Feel like they can trust the supervision setting? Mm -hmm. That 
it does take that. And, and, right. and supervision can be really vulnerable. So we need to help them get to that a place where they can yeah. feel if your supervisee isn't coming to you with the big things they're struggling with, then mm-hmm. we aren't serving them. Mm-hmm. We're not doing what's better globally, what's better for mental health. We're just keeping them kind of stuck in their box of like, well, you just don't know because you're new. You know, if we keep right. saying that, then you're not allowing that growth to happen. Mm-hmm. Not just, I'm thinking, in a you know, stuck in a box of the restraints of what we do in counseling, but even for themselves, you know, as we're helping our clients, we're also learning and mm-hmm. changing. Right. So maybe through their counseling practice and then through supervision, not that we're their therapist, but right. maybe they need to begin to explore. Right. Some other things. Some, yeah, right. some countertransference. Mm-hmm. And is the supervision setting safe enough to do that? Right. Yet, because it can't instantly right. be that safe. Right. Have you had any supervisees that you thought, yep, you came to me with something that was pretty sensitive? Yes. Okay. I've had, actually, I w- I'm not going to say every supervisee, but a lot of times you hit this mark. And I would say it's in the middle. I don't think it's at the end or at the beginning, but yeah. in the middle of supervision where they start to really make the connection of doing therapy as work. Mm-hmm. Like that's your job. You're there helping facilitate therapy for people, but we have our thoughts and feelings about it. Mm-hmm. And I think in school, we all write papers about how we're going to handle countertransfers sure. and all these things. Mm-hmm. But when it's actually happening, it is something. And I try and like pick up on it and I won't say press someone to find it, but like, wow, you just had a session with a 14 year old about sex. That seems heavy. Like, yeah. <laughs> how did that go? And like, what, you know, what are some of the deeper things about it? And letting them bring up, you know, topics that they didn't realize they'd be dealing with. Mm-hmm. I like that you said it doesn't happen at the beginning. It doesn't really happen at the end. It happens kind of in the middle. That's so reflective of like Yalom oh, and group dynamics, yeah. right? <laughs> the The reason it doesn't happen in the beginning is because we're still building trust. Right. We're holding and, it. And, yeah. and the reason it doesn't happen as much in the end is because even unconsciously, we're kind of packing up. Right. Going, oh, okay. See you know, later. Bye. Yeah, yeah, we're almost done. So I'm going <laughs> to wrap things up mentally and emotionally. And so, yeah, then the, the meat of it is right in the middle. Right. Is there a way? How do you know if you have reached that point? It sounds like because they're bringing important right. things to you. How do you know if you haven't reached that with them? That's a tricky question. I almost feel yeah. like it's a feeling, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like a gauge. Like you can gauge where you're at with it. Or if you ask a question and instead of them giving you an answer, they deflect. Yeah. Like, okay. Avoid it somehow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're not yeah. doing it. Yeah. So maybe you're saying like, hey, you just had a session with a 14-year-old and you talked about sex. How, how are you? How right. did that feel? And they're like, good. Good. Totally fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I nailed it. You're so like, that might be like, <laughs> okay, maybe you did nail right. it. Maybe you really did. That doesn't feel like that's the totality of how you're feeling about it. Right. So if you're saying the opportunity arises Mm -hmm. to talk about something that could be more vulnerable or personal and they sidestep it. Right. They're like, okay, not there yet. Would you do anything differently or change courses if you realized, yeah, there's stuff that we could be talking about and going farther with and you're kind of avoiding it? Would you do anything to help them build trust or do something different? Yeah. What would you do? (laughs) I think I would just make comment about it. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I know this is going to be hard or it's struggle. Or maybe I would give like my own reflection of dealing with Mm -hmm. that, like a hard situation. Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't let it lie for too long. I'm not saying you wouldn't get off the hook maybe for a couple of weeks. But after that, it's probably going to come up. I also like to mix things up in supervision and like, oh, this week we're doing this. Yeah. We don't have anything major to talk about. We're doing this instead. 
I think, I mean, hearing you say that out loud, I think that what I do or would do is really real comparable to what I would do with a client that's doing that. Mm-hmm. But I'm in charge, so I get to be a little... Right, I need to be a little more straightforward. <laughs> yeah. So I think with a client or a supervisee, I might say, okay, well, your homework this week is that you think about that some more. Mm-hmm. Or that's how I would say it to a client. If I was going to say it to a supervisee, I might get even more specific. Okay, right. I want, your homework this week is to come back and and have like two or three points or two or three ideas of what this means to right. you. Or Right. Give it some thought. Yeah. yeah. But I also would do use sand tray. Oh, I love that. Get them to create mm-hmm. a sand tray reflective of the situation. And I think with clients and supervisees, that could be that could be it or that might you might still not quite achieve your goal mm-hmm. because maybe they are defensive to the point right. where it's not going to be reflected in their sand tray, but it might. Right. If I feel like that's not up their alley, it's just not their personality, I might ask them to write about it a little bit as a way of to kind of get that reflection going. Yeah. Continuing to think about it. But like sand tray or some other expressive activity. When they do come back, I'm not going to make them like read it to me. Yeah, I do. Yeah, this is what I did for my homework. Right. But I, I think I would ask, I'd revisit it. Right. Like, okay, so what'd you think? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think if we got to that point and I'm still feeling resistance, right. resistance, resistance, I would probably like right. reflect it and wrap it up and just mm-hmm. say, hmm, yep, that sounds like a hard topic. We might have to keep thinking revisit about that, that later. Right. So validating, providing feedback and an acceptance, an environment of acceptance, and then checking ourselves. I think maybe we could, would you summarize and say, checking yourself means knowing where we are at in this process. Right. What What could we do? Where have we, what have we already done? Assessing where we are in helping to build trust. And if you don't know, ask yourself, what do they think about me? Mm-hmm. If you ask what your super, I mean, don't actually ask them, just yeah. think through, like, <laughs> what do they think about me? Do they, and, yeah. and that might lead you down the path of figuring out where you're at with your supervisee. Mm-hmm. does make me think, what if I, what if we just ask them, what do you think about me? <laughs> Maybe not exactly in that oh, way. Oh, you're but, great. We really love supervision. Yeah. It's all fine. <laughs> yeah. I'd be interested. Well, if they're not very trusting, that's definitely what they're giving you. Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. We would love to hear about how you handle a supervisee that's having a hard time building trust and supervision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.